Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, for the 200th time, hello. How are you guys doing today? It's 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 Rod, Roderick, whatever you want to call me, and it's my good friend Benjamin over there. Hey, y'all know where to find us. He's in North Carolina. I'm in Atlanta. <laughs> we hope you guys are doing well today on this beautiful Friday, Saturday, whenever this episode drops. I don't know when this episode's dropping. I never know anymore. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever the case Whoa. is. I'm glad you guys are spending a little bit of your day with us. Uh, this is episode for the 200th time. Mm-hmm. Um, this all Benjamin started out as a dream 200 years ago. No, I'm kidding. Um, God, 2020 now. Jesus Christ. Wow. Yeah. 2020. This this started out as a well, really 2019. That's when we when I, I we first talked about it. Then we kind of had we 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 didn't. Yeah. And then bought it up when we were in lockdown because we were both bored out of our fucking minds. <laughs> um, and, you know, the program was much more pleasant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gotta, gotta find your people. That's that, Nowadays. you know, and we, we, we did find our people during uh, yep. during lockdown, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, you know, I put out that, let's say put out that ad, sound like an old man. Um <laughs> Wrote into the paper and uh, yeah. got a column. Went to the paper mill and uh, yeah, put that thing in my story. I'm starting to pod and golly, that for, the first person to respond was Mr. Ben Saunders, who was man. I can't imagine doing this podcast and anybody else put him. And I'm glad yeah. I I'm glad I don't because it's 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 me. It's been a good duo for four plus years now, um, mm-hmm. or four plus years for four years now. Yeah. I'm losing track of days, Ben. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, what start? Because you know those first meetings are always awkward too, Ben. It's like, man, yeah, no, really know. Right. yeah. He could be really weird. He could be, you know, younger than well, he is because you know some people you don't really because some people on Instagram really don't they're in high school and shit. It's it's, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. You know, there were some first meeting jitters. I was like, okay, you know, no oh, shit. Of, He's white. Okay, or... yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Most of my friends are white, but anyway, um, you know. So you know, the, 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 for the first meeting, jitters, and we weren't even using Zoom. We were using Skype. <laughs> Jesus Christ! That's right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We were using Skype, and not that a sponsor. Was, you know, hell no, it's not a sponsor. <laughs> um, that was an adventure. Yeah, I remember that episode we recorded with uh, Caitlin. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Either she was lagging or I was lagging or something was going on. We just could not get that episode to start to, or yeah. to record it for like a minute. Um, and then Zoom came into our lives and everything. <laughs> everything mm-hmm. was better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I just want to thank my, my buddy Ben because he's not just a podcast partner. He's a good friend. Um, and, you know, even though he pisses me off every time, every week, he's... Once a week, though. Yeah, it's 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 only once a week. <laughs> it's only once a week. He's still a good friend, and uh, yeah, Anna's okay too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she's, a, she's. A, I still can't get over that comment she made when you guys came over. <laughs> I still can't get over that fucking comment. Uh, the house is nice and all. No pool. Okay. <laughs> all in good fun. And no, I. You know, if I'm invited to your wedding, I'm just gonna be like, hey. <laughs> Nice venue, but yeah, nice venue and all, but <laughs> food's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she would get a kick out of that, I'm sure. Well, I'll say that as I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Run to your great car. wedding, guys. Food <laughs> sucked. All right, bye. Uh, no, I I appreciate it though. You're too good friend too uh yeah i've loved doing this every week and uh i mean i appreciate you setting up everything getting all the guests and ideas uh, for episodes and yeah uh, it's yeah you do all the heavy lifting it's a lot. i mean yeah I, uh, I do all that but you actually edit i have to listen to me talk again <laughs> and, and ramble oh me too and my little whiny voice and uh oh uh, no it's not whiny come on uh, benjamin damn it. That was that was twenty twenty then. That's twenty twenty four now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> new year, new Ben. A different voice. Ah, you challenged your inner Will Arnett there, huh? Got your Batman voice yeah, there. Batman. Does this come in black? Yeah. He's the podcast co-host we need, but not the one we need. Right? <laughs> we deserve, but not the one he need, we need right now. <laughs> so we'll get Zach instead. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Oh, we have fun. We have fun. Yes. I appreciate all of our guests we've had on throughout the years mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, for, for mm-hmm. dealing with our nonsense shenanigans and never starting on time. Because that's one thing we are never, ever going to fucking do is start on time. Unless Correct. TK's on. Yeah, yeah. She's the only person we'll actually start on time for is TK. Yeah. Uh, everybody else. <laughs> you know, we'll start yeah. you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes that's later. What we want. Yeah, yeah. So TK, if you're listening, we got your back. Mm-hmm. If you're not, well, Hope you're okay. Anyway, so we're going to continue on with episode 200, our extravagance. We got a big show for you guys planned today. Um, you know, after the ad break, Ben and I are going to revisit the year that was 2014 and what a year it was. Mm-hmm. It, 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 a fun year. Um, I'm sure Ben will share some stories of, of certain movies. I know I've got, I've definitely got a few to, to share. I'm sure you do as well. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But we have there's a bunch of news that broke over the past week and a half or so. Um, man, I've got all this time and still haven't said anything about Madam Web yet. Damn! Oh, damn! I've no, just broke no. my. Uh, okay, shit. well, God damn! I was, we were close. We were close. Yeah, yeah. We were so close. I think that's as far as I've gone the past couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, good. Tickets are on sale now, and then I would talk about that off game before I was hip recorded. I misspoke because I was like, I'm in no rush to see this. Now I meant what I meant to say was <laughs> what? Looks like I don't have to rush to get my tickets because uh you know, it's not crashing the AMC after or anything. So Yeah, yeah. You know, the tracking then was like twenty five or thirty. I was like, Oh fuck. God. <laughs> but then I heard what was it last week when I was listening to the Campia show? The budget was eighty million. So I was like, oh, okay. So even if this is a steaming pile of dog turd, um, <laughs> they probably won't lose a whole lot of money from this. I mean, it might destroy careers, sure, but yeah, I mean, it won't, it won't lose money. Uh, <laughs> right. That's you know, but thing. it got me thinking, Ben, you know, because I've, I've said this about Natalie Portman before, but I've been saying this about the Coach Johnson for a while. I, I, I think after 50 Shades, I didn't really want to see her do any more block, big time, bunch mm. of blockbusters. Uh, I just, I just, especially after Saturday Night Live. Um, I was going to ask if you saw that. Yeah, I'll talk about it later. Um, okay. I have very mixed feelings on, on this past Saturday Night Live. There were a couple of sketches where I was like, that was hilarious. Um, and then there were some others, uh, Chicken Fungers, where I was like, what the <laughs> fuck are we doing here? Yeah, and that was like the second or third skit. Yeah, I was like, was... This, this is how we're starting off. 
Yeah. And then don't get me started on the terrible Fallon and Timberlake thing. That was. <laughs> it, it was funny at first with the PG impersonation, but it kept going. Yeah. That's usually. Anything else to add? Are you speaking English right now, Fallon? What the fuck are you saying? Yeah. Just. Anyway, yeah, we'll talk. We're going to talk about that a little later. But, um, yeah, man, she's just been on this hot streak of just really great indie films, Peter Butter Falcon and Our Friend and Cha Cha Real Smooth. How to be single, I don't really count as a big blockbuster. It's like a rom com. But, you know, it's not really, it's a count as like a lost daughter indie type film, you know, like mid, but mid budget horror uh, film, uh, rom com. <laughs> that movie has its fans as well me being included but she's just been on the roll of like really good indies and smaller films mm-hmm. and i'm more convinced than ever now that sony whoever from sony went to dakota johnson's house whoever went just came with a blank check and said you write your number and we'll make it happen yeah because um a lot like we said the trailer wasn't all that impressive and the TV spots haven't really done it for me either, Ben. I, I'm still clinging to hope that that scene in the diner, and how gritty that scene that scene looks, mm, yeah, yeah. kind of keeps up that. I kind of hope the fight scenes are like that because I, I, like that scene was cool. I'm like, oh damn, we getting we getting gritty, we getting violent. And then you know the plot is you know her mom is researching spiders in the Amazon yeah. right before she died. Yeah. Uh, okay. Shit, <laughs> that's become more of a meme than I thought it would. It, it really has that's been, yeah. Kind of, yeah. I guess that's a funny line, but no, it's gonna grow. It's gonna get old eventually. But yeah. you know, the the Dakota stands on Twitter because there's a lot of them. They are they're still <laughs> holding out faith that. Uh, I'm actually surprised been about the amount of Dakota Johnson fans there actually are on Twitter. Uh, there's a lot of them. We hide in the shadows, <laughs> but. Uh, to say my confidence is dipped day by day, it's it's dipping, Ben. It's dipping. Mm-hmm. Now I will still see this movie ten times. I'm just kidding, uh, <laughs> nine times. But you know, Darren texted me today. He's like, "Hey, uh, you got your six screenings yet?" And I was like, "Actually, Darren, <laughs> I have eight. So, but yeah, Ben, I'm just if we're being serious here, mm-hmm. I, I I'm just not. I'm not as enthused about this as I. Well, once was I think the trailer kind of hurt my feelings a little bit to be <laughs> honest. And then this, you know, but then we see these promo images and some of the promo images have looked kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, character posters are cool. But then Dakota came out and said this really stupid fucking thing, like, "Oh, it was terrible to work with the blue screen." I was like, "What the fuck would you say?" That? Oh yeah, like, that's something you don't say. So <laughs> and I get because you know she has this kind of quirky weird sense of humor like it's it's very quirky it's very dry mm-hmm. like it's, a, it's definitely not for everyone but even then i'm like you don't say that kind of stuff especially for a comic book movie yeah. but i get it it's your first one um so you know we'll see ben we're a couple weeks away now we're really two and a half mm-hmm. uh it's the first yeah first comic book movie because we had echo already but it's the first comic book movie of the year mm-hmm. We'll see. I don't think this is gonna kill the genre or anything because no one was looking forward to this anyway. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I don't know, Ben. Yeah, just, 
my confidence has drained a, a, a bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm kind of down there too. Um, I think Anna's more excited than I am for, for a comic book movie. She, she uh, huh? was interested <laughs> in the, in the trailer and stuff. Who are we so. talking about? <laughs> so, uh, and I, I think we haven't got tickets yet, but I think we will see it. It comes out on Valentine's day, right? Yeah. So cool. we'll your fiance, it. Anna Christensen, her dinner in a movie. Yes. Yes. Anna Christensen. A- A- Anna Christian. Yeah. Christian. I thought it was Christensen for some reason. I don't <laughs> know. Huh. Well, you know, I don't have a pool, so I guess you know. It's okay. If I mispronounce her name, so it's fine. <laughs> Next time I see her, I'll make sure to say Mrs. Christensen. That's fine. <laughs> Slip it in there and see if she notices. She probably will. Until yeah. That's interesting that she's more excited than you are. That's funny. That's 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 funny. Because actually, Zach and I were talking about that, like the amount of guys versus females going to see this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. We we saw the trailer in front of something at the movies. Hunger Games at the theater. No, it was recent. Oh, mean okay. Girls, I guess. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good place to put the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and I was kind of laughing at parts of the trailer, and then she was like, "Oh, that seemed okay." So I was like, "All right, we shall see." And actually, the 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 thing I'm most excited for is actually the thing I'm most I'm most worried about, which is Dakota. She just seems very out of place, Ben. I I, I don't, you know, yeah. yeah. Now it's just a trailer. So maybe the trailer is just cut up weird, but you know, some of the the, the line delivery. I think I can see the future. Do you? Yeah. you sure <laughs> yeah my mom was in the amazon right before she died okay all okay. right <laughs> you want to elaborate a little bit on that oh she was researching spiders okay all right okay that might come up later in the blog okay why are we stalking girls now this in this meeting okay yeah. this is this is weird okay so yeah i uh, i uh, and then the whole Ezekiel Sims thing, I, I don't even, I don't even, I, 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 I just not. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you saw the thing about, about Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield, that Andrew was actually supposed to be, or his Spider-Man was supposed to be in this movie. And then they tried to get Tom Holland's Spider-Man to be in this, which would have been even more confusing. Yeah. So, you know. Isn't it set in 2003? Yeah. So, you know, well, I think if the rumors are true, we're just looking more like it's going to be true. Like this is about, a spider woman trying to prevent Ezekiel from killing an unborn Peter Parker. So trying to kill May, not May Parker, but uh, Richard and what's the mom's name? Oh, no, we or Mary notice. Parker. I think it's Mary. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's Mary Tell Parker. Her. That's who Adam Scott and <laughs> Emma Roberts are playing. Or okay. They're supposed to be playing Peter's parents, like mom and dad, not. Uncle Ben and Aunt they're Mark. okay. They're I similar think. age. No. <laughs> okay. I didn't think so. But you know, it's 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 Sony. I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> I really don't. But anyway, that's our Madam Web talk for the week. Okay. Um. Yeah, Adam Scott's fifty. <laughs> She's thirty-two. Okay. Well, you know what, Ezekiel? Go ahead and do your thing, man. Anyway, um. <laughs> We're going to be moving off of that. Ben, yep. Yep. a show you and I are looking forward to next year, Last of Us Season 2. Uh-huh. They're, start, they're starting to shoot. 
and oh Canada. yeah cool yeah. cool 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 they they put out i think hbo i think i saw it was on it's not twitter i saw it first they put out the uh, cast photo yeah, and yeah did you see who was missing from that cast photo was it caitlin seen there i kind of glanced at it i didn't know who actually oh was. she's listening too but there's one actually there's oh she's Joel? Too. <laughs> pedro yeah yeah and yeah pedro and caitlin are both not in that yeah in that, oh, oh uh, yeah. those two yep well it was about to happen yeah at some point so <laughs> interesting 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 <laughs> you know by the time you and i we, we keep like uh, yeah <laughs> Going around it, we're gonna soon discover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. Hey, look, if you play the games, you already know what happened. So, if you don't, I'm sure one of us will spoil it for you by accident. So it's okay. If we haven't already. If we haven't already, that's that's the damn sure. Uh, ben, I'm also excited that Tenet is getting an IMAX release. Oh yeah. February twenty third, so I am definitely gonna. I'm actually gonna be in New Orleans that week, so I, I get back that Saturday. So I'm hoping that Sunday I can, I can maybe do a double feature of of, of the Tenant IMAX release and uh, that Dune fan screening. That's so my that's my plan. I'm gonna try and mm. do that. That'd be a cool double feature right there. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Tenant was one of the films I missed in theaters during a lockdown. So, um, but it's, one, it's still probably my second. No, it might still be my, my first favorite 4K uh, disc I own. It is so fucking beautiful. Oh, my goodness. And it's the movie my mom is still just like, why the fuck am I watching this? So <laughs> there you have it. Um, You saw it on theaters already. So. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to move on from that, though. We're going to talk about, you know what? I do want to get your thoughts on this because we are Spider-Man fans. I don't know if you hear the rumors going around about Spider-Man 4 right now, Ben. Um, oh. Yeah. So, rumor, rumor rumor on the street right now is Sony and Feige or Marvel Studios or they are at war with one another right now because Sony wants to bring back McGuire and Garfield mm-hmm. and Feige and Holland want a ground, a more grounded uh, the ground level Spider-Man 4 mm-hmm. with a appearance by Kingpin and probably Charlie, and a major role for Charlie Cox. Cool. Um, so listen, I'm with two mindsets on this. Um, I, I stand with Feige 100%. Mm-hmm. However, if I'm looking at it from a business sense, I understand why Sony would want to bring back Garfield and McGuire. I, I get it. I'm not going to sit here and be more with rats like, you didn't do. No, I'm not going to do that. Do I want them to? No. I, it was a treat. It was it was fun. I think they'll be back for Secret Wars, which is probably where that it, it, it should happen. Mm-hmm. Only way that it could make it work, if you're going to bring it back, you bring it back for the whole movie and not just the second and third act. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Now, I can see this happening too, Ben, because Spider-Man 4, if I'm release dates and timeline-wise, it's supposed to happen in between Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. Because uh, it was rumored that Spider-Man 4 was going to be one of the films leading into Secret Wars. So this could you could explain mm-hmm. why Garfield and McGuire are back in Holland's universe. You could. Mm-hmm. 
But I am with Feige. I, I want a grounded approach. I want to go back to the homecoming era of well, homecoming era, but how grounded that homecoming film was. Yeah. And to be even more honest, I don't even want Daredevil games, to be frank. I just want a Spider-Man film without the help of Tony or Nick Fury or Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because to me, the ending of No Way Home signified when he made everyone forget who he was. He made that suit. That was the, the transition of, I no longer need the Avengers. I can do this on my own. Now, technically, Daredevil's not an Avenger. I get it. But still, it'd be cool just to see Spider-Man be Spider-Man without mm -hmm. any help. Uh, that's, that's where I stand. Yeah, I agree. I I think the Daredevil Kingpin is a better idea than bringing uh, mm -hmm. Toby and Andrew back. But uh, I see, I see what you're saying too. Because um, he's not what, Spider Boy, he's Spider Man. He's Spider Man, and I'm trying to spoil stuff. But like, if Kingpin and Daredevil earn it, I'll, I'll be happy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I just like the scene without any help of like an Avenger for once. Yeah, you know, yeah. Now, technically, Doctor Strange didn't fully help them in that. And no way home, they were kind of not enemies, but they were they were big heads. Yeah, yep. they're buttonheads. Um, and Nick Fury actually wasn't even Nick Fury. So, and and no, and far from home. So, yep, yeah, that's where I stand on that on that whole thing. I'm just kind of ready for Peter to just kind of handle stuff on his own for at least one movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one see where it ties into the universe if they do or you know have it'll be it could be very separate and then at the end kind of start tying them back in yeah um to the to the larger universe but yeah i don't know Tom tom holland has said before that he really wants it to be uh, a, a good script for him to come back and feel like it's worthwhile and stuff so i, I still I, Kind of so people keep forgetting that, and I, you know, sometimes I forget too. He had a movie come out every year, basically, since he's been Spider-Man. 16, Civil War, 17, Homecoming, 18, Infinity War, 19, Endgame, and Far From Home. And then 2021, uh, uh, or Far From Home, and then 2021, No Way Home. Yeah. So he's been, I mean, that's a, a lot. Yeah. And so I applaud him for taking his break. I can imagine that's why a lot of these MCU actors been are kind of taking a break from it, like Elizabeth Olsen, Chris Hemsworth. Uh, you know, because Hemsworth, I mean, Hemsworth's been a character since 2011, so it's yeah. been well over you know, 10 years. It's been 13 years now, and Olsen's been playing since 2015, so the next year will be 10 years since her official injury. Well, actually, technically, she made her first <laughs> appearance in that Warner Soldier you know, post-credit yeah. scene. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. But I, I just... No Way Home felt like Tom, if that was going to be his last Batman movie, he kind of went out with a bang. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't believe that, but, mm -hmm. you know, I'm of the unpopular mindset, like, I'd be okay if Tom Holland was no longer Spider-Man. I'd be very upset, but No Way Home kind of ended this journey for him. That if Tom wanted to go and do other stuff, because I could tell it took a toll on him and stuff. And I think doing that show, the crowded room on Apple TV Plus, also took yeah. a toll on him too. Yeah. So, you know, let him enjoy life with Zendaya, I guess. It's just weird that we aren't going to get another live action Spider Man film for at least another two years. Mm -hmm. 
It's just, it's just weird today. That's very weird. All right. Well, we're going to move on from our boy Spider-Man. We're going to talk about... We're going to stick with Marvel. What? Uh, I know. God. Crazy. Hey, Wettabiri. I'm not going to Thunderbolts, man. And they're replacing her with Geraldine... I can't pronounce it. This one, this one, this, this, this one, when Nathan, I don't know how you pronounce her last name, but Geraldine, uh, who I first saw her in that, what was that? That Leslie man, John Cena movie blockers. Blockers. Yeah. And then, uh, she's in a rom-com in 2020 with Dr. Montgomery that I really liked called the broken hearts gallery. And then she did this movie called Seven Days with the guy who plays Dopinder, which was really good. Hmm. Um, so she's been some stuff that I've liked. And she's been good. Oh, and she was in that really good HBO movie, uh, Bad Education. Hmm. Yeah, watch Bad Education. It's, it's actually very, very good. Um, okay. Oh, the Hugh Jackman? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Also a COVID release, if I'm not mistaken. It's a damn shame that we lost both Stephen Young and now A.O. Edabiri. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can imagine AO this probably has a lot to do with shooting the bear season three, probably. Um, and whatever else she's got she's got going on. Because she's she was very busy last year, but she was on a lot of projects last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad she's getting work. She's she's tremendous, but I, I, I love I love this actress a lot. Geraldine, I like I said, I like her. I, whatever we don't know what role she was going to be playing, A, I was going to be playing, so whatever role Geraldine's playing, I'm guessing it has a little bit to do on the comedic side, Ben. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if she's playing like a right-hand person to Valentina, because we know Contessa Valentina is going to be in this movie. Yeah, I, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm disappointed, but, you know, Thunderbolts, you know, if it comes out next year, which I, I'm just going to have doubts on, um, <laughs> They're supposed to start shooting, shooting this real soon, actually. I think over the summer. So we'll see. I'm, I'm looking forward to the project for sure. It, I just get bummed out by like all these, you know, Steven Young. Now AO is not going to be in it. So yeah, it's just, it's disappointing. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Not knowing the character, uh, you know, we don't know yet how one or the other will, will uh, fit in the role. Um, mm-hmm. So. But yeah, the I definitely know Ao Itabiri more. Um, the the Brook, no, not that one. Sorry, Drive Away Dolls coming out soon. Yeah, uh, yeah. with Geraldine looks mm-hmm. interesting. So hopefully we get a. I mean, I don't think I've seen her in anything, so that might be my first uh, introduction to her. Um, yeah. Blockers is actually really funny. You should watch Blockers. It's pretty funny. Okay, I yeah. I. Very much don't like John Cena, but I have heard pe- several people say uh, that one's a good one. It is. It is one of his better movies for sure. Um, and I actually am happy that Louis Pullman is going to be mm-hmm. playing Tentra. I like Louis Pullman a lot. So I think actually my first movie with Louis Pullman was uh, One of the Bad Times. Oh yeah, probably the same for me. Yeah, I think that was my first my first movie with him. Actually, let me pull up his filmography real quick because I, I, I think. Yeah, it I did too. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Battle of the Sexes? Yeah, did no, but I saw that? Battle of the Sexes after I saw Bad uh, Times. Okay, okay. So, television wise, yeah, yeah. 
Bad Times was my first Lewis Willis movie. Bill's Kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to it though. Uh, or looking forward to what he's going to bring to. Um, excuse me, to uh, Century. Mm-hmm. Okay, and lastly, Millie Alcock, Beth. She is officially our new Supergirl, and you know I'm I could not excuse me I could not be happier for her. Uh, I was rooting for the other girl who I forgot who the other girl was now. <laughs> uh, that's how much I was rooting for. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know I, my my experience with Millie is strictly from House of the Dragon, and she is fantastic in the show. So uh, I. Look forward, Ben, to what she brings to Supergirl. Because, like I said, she is fantastic in the five episodes she's in of House of Dragon. She plays uh, the young uh, Rana Targaryen before the. Oh God, what's her name? Let me see if I can. I think it's Emma Darcy who play who plays the older version of their character. Um, Yeah, Emma Darcy plays the older version of her character. So, I recommend Ben. You should definitely watch. I know you're not a big Game of Thrones fan and everything, but at least watch clips of what she did in House Dragon. She's a very good actress. Okay. Okay. Uh, Meg Donnelly, I think it was the other. Yes. Contender for the role. But uh, cool. We'll see. <laughs> see how the movie is. When is that slated for? So she's going to first appear in uh, uh, Superman Legacy. So oh, we'll, see. Okay. we'll see what she uh, brings to the table. Okay. Yep. And then uh, I'm, like, I'm actually going to want to worry about Superman Legacy because there's supposed to be a lot of fucking people in this movie. <laughs> I think he's introducing the society in this movie uh, mm-hmm. as well as Supergirl. So there's a lot going on in this movie now. Um, I don't, you know, but I'm, look, I was rooting for McDonald, but I was I was I was more happy that Rachel Bryson hanging out Castle's lowest lane because I thought she would have been mm-hmm. lowest lane. So beggars can't be choosers. I'm just I'm just you know I, I do like oh that's right Hawkgirl's gonna be in this guy Gardner's gonna be yeah this this is getting this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, Nathan Fillion's gonna be guard, guy Gardner. Yeah, but this uh-huh. this is getting this is getting heavy. All right now, all right James, be careful. <laughs> Be careful. Don't fuck this up. I'm telling you, Ben, this is, this is the most important DC film to date. This film right here. I, I 100% believe that. Uh, you want to get your DC off of DC, your new DC Universal start, started, on, started on the right foot. And I know mm-hmm. Creature Commandos comes out this year, which is officially the start of the DCU, but that's an animated show. Um mm. Which I'm I'm looking forward to, you know. And James, I really like one of uh, James's other show, uh, Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what Creature Commandos does, which is going to be live action and animated. So it's like a hybrid. So they're you know the, oh oh the, yeah the characters voicing the or, or the the characters the actors voicing the roles are going to be portraying them in live action as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're yeah. hearing that. Interesting. Anyway, I've rambled on long enough about. All that nonsense, Ben. Anything else, Ben, you want to talk about? 
I just want to throw in. I saw the new Ghostbusters trailer today. I oh, I had geez. a I had a good time. Um, I think it's funny. The uh, original three are back, plus uh, Janine Melnitz suiting up. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully the script and then story holds up and everything, and it's good. But um, oh, and and uh, uh, William Atherton um, mm-hmm. as as well kind of has a main kind of voiceover over to over the first minute or so or whatever. But yeah, um, it, it got it got me mildly excited. I'd like you were saying, is Sony running it in the ground <laughs> or is this going to be another uh, good sequel to that original from the eighties? So we will see. I just want to be kind of on that same, on same par as afterlife. That's mm-hmm. what I'm really asking for really. Yeah. And I, we could not end our new segment without talking about that. It had happened. It's happening. It's official. They were seen on set together. Nelson Murdoch and Paige are fucking back, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. There's a little yeah. clip of them walking down the street yeah, together. And I've, I've so never happy. been so excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> behind the scenes. I was like, thing. is back together. God yep. <laughs> now, I have read that Karen, just Karen, is going to be in three episodes only. I don't know how mm. true that is. But I'm curious if they're still gonna kill both Foggy and Karen off the show, <laughs> and that kind of sets Matt on his hmm. path to becoming Daredevil again. Mm-hmm. Which make good story sense. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, look, we don't want to see the death of Karen, and and yeah, no one wants that. But no, I am curious what because I, I think also Kingpin's already gonna be mayor by the time the show starts. So, mm. um, if you oh well, if you haven't watched Echo, there's a little post credit scene tease at the very end, which mm-hmm. kind of it all but gave the, it all but gave the confirmation that he will become mayor. <laughs> yeah. So it it is what it is, Ben. Yep. But yeah, just seeing the three of them on set together made my heart happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me too. And actually, I was when I saw that, I was like. Well, time for a rewatch. Let's get to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same. Man. Yeah. Uh, I just need to see a photo of John Bernthal back in the place to punish her and not be. <laughs> here's the thing. I love John Bernthal's portrayal of the Punisher. Mm-hmm. First season, I thought that was okay. That second season was great of, of Punisher. I, didn't, I wasn't the biggest fan of that first season. Second season is where I really, you know, I was like, damn. Okay, and then of course I canceled it like forty-eight hours later. Mm, yeah, which is very disappointing, but typical Netflix stuff. Yep. Speaking of which, um, real quick here, I, I have been kind of on a more of a roll lately of <laughs> streaming shows and movies. I'm kind of slack on the movie front lately. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't really, really, really care right now, but there's <laughs> because been like nothing in theaters has really. Hot now, like I need to go see that mm-hmm. right now. Um, I think I want to see the beekeeper, and then I got a notice, I got a note that it was going to be on digital tomorrow. So I was like, Oh, okay. Oh, wow. And you know, me and girls is actually coming out the day on my birthday, February 13th. So I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I can wait two more weeks and I'll just pay the 24 99 to watch it. And then 
Oh yeah, there was that uh, that's that space movie uh, ISS. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that looks good. Oh, it's gonna be on digital next Tuesday. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh wait, yeah. that's crazy Movies just coming on digital a lot fit a lot quicker now, man. And yeah I know I've got the you know I can't really bitch and complain about paying because I might pay for a list. So yeah I just I haven't like been in the mood right now to get back at theaters. Like the last time I was in theaters, that legit New Year's was the last time I was in the movie theater. And it wasn't even here in Georgia. I was out of town, so I I I have just been kind of on the streaming roll because there's been a lot more shows I've been interested in watching than movies. Um, so I have I got through three shows last week because last week was kind of a an admin day or an admin week for me last week. So I was kind of like doing a lot of it's like not tedious work, but you know I was Yeah. doing taxes and stuff and just you know kind of getting stuff prepared for an event and. So, you know, I, I have some time to kill, so I, you know, I have one laptop up at my work, another laptop off at my show, and where I would have my tablet up, where I would just, I did have a day where I worked in bed, and that was amazing. But, um, but Dad, you didn't hear that if you're listening. Um, so, yeah, I got through three shows last week, all on Netflix. And I started like a couple others, but the one I really want to talk about is Griselda. with Sofia Vergara. Mm-hmm. It is basically a spiritual successor to Narcos. So if you like Narcos, I highly recommend you watch this. I'm not saying it's as good as Narcos because I don't think it is. But if you're just new to like good six-episode uh, binge, this is that show. And uh, of the five sh
can you introduce me to Sydney? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the Hamilton thing was really funny too. Um, <laughs> what? I don't know what you're talking about. This closest, the, just the picture tab. <laughs> and then uh, that last joke. What was it? It was like the very last thing she said. What was the last thing she said, Ben? It's really funny too. <laughs> I don't know. Because it, it was like it was very yeah. frantic. It was like a back and forth. Yes. Yeah. The Nepo thing was really funny too. That yeah. was Because <laughs> the other guy was Nepo trying to get in there. Yeah. Yeah. Nepo Truth is like, no, 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 no. It's like, there's both, I hate when you guys do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get like Chicken Fathers, which was yeah. weird. Yep. And. <laughs> I feel like I've watched opening monologues longer than hers. <laughs> I feel like she got cut off very quickly on her opening monologue for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. It was kind of shorter. You know, I, the, the Timberlake thing, I'm, I'm sure that's probably planned or whatever. Like, yeah. You know, whatever. Um, there was another one I didn't like either. The, 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 the book club, which then turned into like Shark Tank. That Shark Tank thing, that was weird. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. that was weird. Just, just a lot of the, it was, Thanos wouldn't have liked it because it wasn't balanced. <laughs> exactly. You know, so yeah, they have they have up and down weeks. I I still. I heard that I heard the Jacob Elordi episode was terrible. Like I heard that was one of the. <sighs> yeah, this season yeah. at least. Yeah, the Adam Driver was excellent, which was several weeks ago. Um. That one's the, the best of the season, and uh, I think it'd be hard to top. Um, so yeah, I still stick with it. I kind of th- th- there's some, like you said, that are that are great ideas, um, and just go too long <laughs> as well. Um, but I feel like there's there's, there's a little inkling of a good idea there, or uh, at least weekend update. I feel like is always pretty good. Weekend um, update was really. I like that weekend update this week. It was really good. Yeah, Colin and, and Michael are always good. It kind of depends mm-hmm. what the who the guest or whatever on. Um, I like how they're kind of the only ones who can really break character. Yeah, uh, and I love it when they do, mm-hmm. and yeah, mess with each other and stuff. So anyway, so yeah, overall a very unbalanced episode, Ben. Just uh, some some highlights, some not some not good highlights, some some not good stuff. Uh, <laughs> But like the roast thing was absolutely hilarious. Yep. You know, um, I've watched that thing now probably like three or four times. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, she's like, "Oh, sorry, I was just looking at your your movie score on Rotten Tomatoes." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, ah, Dakota, where would it be without you? Probably Madame Webless, but whatever. Um, okay, Ben, it's it's time. To end the show, no, I'm kidding. Uh, it's time to do our top ten of 2014, mm-hmm. or really a re-ranking of of 2014. Right after this ad break. Oh wait, before that, then oh. we gotta choose your row. Oh, cool. Now I was uh, I was working today. I was listening to the Campia show, and they had a couple segments on like top tens. 
And one of the top tens was streaming shows. So I listened to like, oh, what was it? the streaming shows? And I was like, oh, I can't do it on that. There's a couple like children's shows on here. So I'm not going to do that. But they did release the top 10 uh, streaming movies. Like, you know, what were the movies that were most streamed in 2023? And hmm. so I got the first nine ready to go. And some of these were actually surprising. Uh, I want you to take one guess, Ben, on how many Disney movies are on this list. So most streamed overall of 2023. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Now I gotta think back. How many Disney? Yeah. How many do you think is on, are on this list? On this oh, well, see, I don't know if people skipped it in theaters and then saw it streaming. Three. Three. Yeah. Okay. You were halfway there. Six. Six. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So let me go ahead and share my screen. And voila, we have six or nine films. But uh, yeah, these were the nine most or nine out of the 10 most streamed movies of 2023. Oh, wow. Okay. And row one, we have Moana, Elemental, and Frozen. And row two, we have Encanto, uh, The Riot Minions, The Rise of Gru, and Wakanda Forever. And in row three, we have Mario Brothers, Super Mario, Super Mario Brothers 2, Super Mario Brothers, the movie, Sing 2, and Avatar, The Way of Water. That's the way Cameron wanted you to watch it streaming. <laughs> uh, this one was difficult because I really, I really want to watch Wakanda forever, but uh, I am not watching <laughs> Minions and no. Encanto. I, I cannot stand Encanto. I think it's overrated. And yep. Minions is, I don't know, I don't think I'm talking about Minions. Um, even though I love that franchise, I, I can't talk about Minions Rise of Gru. One, because I haven't seen it. Two, because I don't want to. And three, because I don't want to. Oh, but also, uh, four, I don't want to. Mm, okay. So make sure you got that. That's a good, that's a good point, yeah. Okay. Um, I'll go row shit. <laughs> row shit is not an option. Uh, I'll go row one. Okay. I don't want to sing between Moana and Frozen, that is a lot of singing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what? No, I'm gonna. Oh, shit, there's more singing in that row three. God damn. <laughs> they're singing everywhere. They're singing everywhere. I get no live action films in row one, but row three, I get Avatar. Super Mario Brothers 2 was fun, and I actually haven't even seen Sing 2. Oh. I said everything in row one. I like everything in row one. Like to love. I really like Moana. I love Elemental. And I, I, I like Frozen. Uh, row two, I, I, I love Avatar. I, I really, really dug Mario and Sing 2. You know, it's, 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 so, because okay, Avatar is in Mario, but I'm going to go row three. I, okay. I, yeah, I'm going row three because I, I love I, I love. Avatar 2, and I, I really love the Super Mario Bros. movie, so I, I could probably have some fun with Sing 2. I think so. Uh, this one wasn't as hard for me as it was for you. Uh, I'm going I'm going row 3. Um, I didn't... It, Avatar was good. I, it was Avatar 2 is better than the first one, in my opinion, uh, and I feel like a, a, a rewatch would be would be cool. I'd be down for that. Uh, Super Mario Bros. was okay. Uh, but there's enough moments that were that were good, and uh, there's there's a few good songs in that one too. Mostly just 
Peaches. And well, the the soundtrack is good too, but it's just like they looked at top hundred <laughs> songs on Spotify and picked the ones they liked and then put it in the movie. I'm expecting Rick Roll uh, to be oh, on gosh. Super Mario Brothers too. Yeah, for I'm sure. Give you up, <laughs> let you yeah. Um, He's buying Donkey Kong or something. So. <laughs> and then Sing, I, Sing too. I don't know. Both of those movies are just kind of what you expect them to be, but I. I enjoy both of them. Uh, and this one has Bono as a lion. So that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. And it's it's very much what that four-minute trailer showed. <laughs> oh, that's right. They have like an eight-minute trailer for Sing 2. <laughs> yeah, and that that was the movie. But I don't know. It's still the, the cast, and there were some good jokes along the way and stuff. I still had fun with it. So, yeah, row three for me as well. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Ben. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right, goodbye. All right. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, take a hair break. We'll be back right after this. So, you know, as we continue on with our 200th episode, Spectacular, <laughs> which is the title for this episode, by the way, Benjamin. Um, yep. Noted. I want, you know, I, going back and forth, kind of because this week was supposed to be a debate episode, and I was like, I don't know if a debate episode is kind of really fitting for a two hundred episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. they, they literally sent a message as I was, I was, I was talking, but uh, you know, twenty fourteen, Ben is, you know, we're, we're celebrating a lot of film anniversaries this year. Um, a lot of films turning ten, fifteen, and then twenty and thirty. Even Forrest Gump turns thirty this year. Right, yeah, yeah, 30 years old this year. Lion King turns 30 years old this year. Shawshank, too, right? Shawshank came out in 94. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, Pulp Fiction, I think, as well. Oh, yeah, god damn, right. <laughs> might need to do a top 10 94. Um, all that to say, uh, 2014, you know, by, by a lot of film buffs. Are, are in contention that you know 2014 is one of the best years for film and I, I i can't speak for all film fans but i the most that you talk to you probably you know say that if up not there. the best year it's, it's up there with one of the best and yeah you know i've kind of been like well i i, I still contend 2019 was better um I, I i still believe that but you cannot deny how strong of the year 2014 was it mm-hmm. was a amazing an amazing year for film in 2014. Now, there are going to be films in this list that people are not going my like people probably aren't collect my list very much, and I don't really care because um, it's my list. You know, mm-hmm. these are you know I told Ben how I kind of graded my list, put my list together this time around. I can tell you guys that my top my top three was pretty much set in motion. That was that was kind of definitive. That was like I'm good. Because uh, all three of them are like my top. One of them is in my top twelve, mm-hmm. and then two of them are like in my top. I'll probably say forty films of all time. Um, four for five are pretty easy, and then like six through ten, it's like not a mosh posh, but it's like <laughs> it's, it was just hard to kind of put them in order. But then I what I yeah. how I it was my entertainment value, emotional value. Um, and most importantly for me, replayability. 
or rewatchability. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many times I've gone back to rewatch these films, and uh, that, that was a big factor, you know. And I think that should be a factor when you're, you know, redoing a list ten years later. You know, like I said, that the top three in particular to me are, are very special. But a lot of these films on this list are special for different reasons. But especially when we get, like I said, once we get to that top three, I was like, I, I, already, I already know. There was no debate. Um, so yeah, uh, 2014 for me. While it's not, I can't say it's my favorite year for film. I think it's like a top. It's top five in terms of like years of 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 of, of film for me. It's a hell of a year for film. Oh yeah, yeah, it would make my short list as well uh, for best years. And this this list was hard to make. Um, kind of like you, I had maybe my top five was I knew which films would be there, and then kind of got to the the second set of five six through ten and the kind of like you the placement <laughs> it was figuring that out um so yeah i did i did a first time watch had a few rewatches and getting stuff where i wanted it um so this was a a good a good challenge i think overall and maybe i i don't know that might be more mainstream <laughs> what um i see on instagram and stuff people like but i Maybe we'll have one or two on there that uh, don't don't often get on lists. So, but I'm I'm excited to hear your list too. What you got? So, are we talking about? Uh, I'm sorry, I got distracted again. Where are we going? Are we diving into now, Ben? The kind of the hidden gems of 2014. Yeah, let's on? let's do it. Okay, cool. Um, I I apologize. I'm like multitasking here. Um, yeah, so there's there's some hidden gems right here that I want to talk about. I'll I'll go through. Man, which ones which ones do I want to talk about? Okay, I'll start with top five. Uh, Chris Rock's film with him and Rosario Dawson, really funny film. But what surprised me was how much heart the movie had, and just the kind of connection between certain character relationships. Uh, because when I saw the trailers for top five, I was like, ah, oh, kind of looks like a. That's the regular standard comedy with Chris Rock, but it was so much more than that. Um, Fury, David Ayer's Fury, another one that I really, I really wanted to put on my top ten list, but did not make the cut. Uh, really strong film, uh, great ensemble piece. Shia, one of Shia LaBeouf's best roles, mm-hmm. actually. Um, Brad Pitt's fantastic. The war scenes are epic. The finale is intense. It's gritty. It's emotional. Uh, Logan Lerman is fantastic. So yeah, Fury is another one. Um, a most violent year, another one that's very very good. I call it the character piece of the year between Oscar Isaac and uh, Jessica Chastain, who are fantastic in the movie. One of A twenty four's best. Uh, I think I'll leave that for my kind of gems of twenty fourteen. And if I think of anything else, I'll kind of interrupt but yeah i'll okay. like my gems cool uh i called together a list of five uh myself i had a most violent year on there as well uh that is a a really really good one um watched that with my brother the first time and we were both surprised uh how much we enjoyed it so um shout out to that one uh a, a very hidden gem the guest which i think i heard about it on instagram as well um Dan Stevens is, is a pretty good little uh, little thriller movie to to check out. 
the Monuments Men, which I, has gotten uh, poo pooed a lot. Rod shaking his head. I just I like hanging out with those guys, um, Matt Damon, George Clooney. I think Clooney directed that one as well. Um, Hugh Bonneville, Bill Murray, and it's it's based on a true story of these guys who uh, went in and and saved a lot of art that was stolen um, and hid away um, by the Nazis during and kind of after World War II. So, th- yeah, there's some uh, one especially emotional moment I thought uh, that kind of got to me, but it's it's a fun uh, camaraderie with those guys. Uh, a real surprising one, but I felt like I should shout it out because it is it is a hidden gem. The other woman, I was told <laughs> it, it came up and it played it. I had no choice. I was like, okay, I I enjoyed this one. It's a it's pretty funny. Um, with the it's it's not a crazy original story, I guess, but it the way it's played, I think it is quite original. I hadn't seen anything like it. Um, <clears throat> to this extent. And it is Cameron Diaz, Leslie Mann, and Kate Upton. Uh, quite the trio. But they they all have great camaraderie themselves. <laughs> and the, the hijinks and stuff they get into. And kind of friendship. Are we friends? Building on that. Off, off of what happens uh, with their characters. I don't know. I, it, was, it shocked me how much I, I liked it. Um, more than I thought it would. So, uh, then the other one is "Get On Up," which is the the James Brown uh, biopic that uh, late great Chadwick Boseman uh, performed, and it's uh, it was very good. Um, the it's a little different from other biopics. I think it the story it kind of goes up and down a little bit, um, but the I think it was the opening with him walking in on that, that room with the shotgun <laughs> and was just boom, here we are in this movie. Uh, so yeah. And then Chadwick's always great. Him playing James Brown Brown was really good. Uh, got all the, you know, dance moves and, and everything. And then the, the quieter character moments and loud character moments were, uh, were great as well. So those are the ones I picked out. All right. Just a few others I wanted to mention that I couldn't mention. Or I forgot to mention earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. Equalizer with Denzel. That first one, really good. Really enjoyed that movie. I actually saw that in college. I was a group of friends, so that was fun. Um, Let's be cops. <laughs> I saw that twice actually. Once with my buddy Trent from high school. We went. That was one of the last movies we saw before we departed for our freshman year of college. And then uh, saw it again uh, my freshman year. There was a uh, opportunity for, you know, students to go to the movies and kind of like choose the movie they wanted to go see. So like a whole, a lot of the freshman class went and a lot of them either went to go see Guardians or Let's Be Cops. And I chose Let's Be Cops because I had seen Guardians so a lot already. So I kind of <laughs> wanted to Let's Be Cops again. If you like Jake Johnson and, and the Waynes, uh, Damon Waynes, so New Girl Reunion there. Yeah. Um, I, I love the movie. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, another good kind of hidden gem there and then oh my goodness i don't know why i didn't write it down let's hopefully i can find it real quick uh neighbors did i say neighbors no mm-hmm. i didn't say neighbors yeah neighbors one of zach efron's better movies actually uh, <laughs> Logan. Uh, this kind that kind of started the whole efron renaissance in my opinion ben was was neighbors i thought it was really good in that movie yeah and uh him and 
Rogan played off each other really well. Rogan and Rose Byrne have such great chemistry, <laughs> so mm-hmm. good together. And uh, yeah, I, I, sequel not as funny, Ben. Uh, it was okay. Uh, that first one though was really I I quite enjoyed that first movie. So yeah, those are those are my kind of hidden gems. We're not really hidden gems, but just kind of yeah, you know the the group of four the honorable mentions, I guess I should say that's, uh, <laughs> that's kind of what classified this as. So yeah, that's that's my uh, that's that's my list. Now let's let's get into cool. the the list here. But of course, we have to start with honorable mentions. Yep. And uh, of course, Ben always goes first. So Ben, go ahead and get us started, sir. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, I had five honorable mentions here as well. He's probably going to hurt my feelings. Like just <laughs> by the way, Ben, I'm going to hurt his feelings a lot. I feel like today. Yeah. So. Uh, Two hundred might be it for the podcast. No, no I'm joking. Um, I'm not. <laughs> one of the honorable mentions I had was Gone Girl. Didn't quite make the list. Uh, I'm sure it will be talked about later. So, <laughs> Lord. <laughs> uh, and oh. kind of like you were saying, with entertainment value and, and rewatchability, it it, it is apply to Gone Girl. Sorry, I forgot yeah. to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, believe you. I. <laughs> it is a great movie. I'll I'll recommend you know people watch it if they haven't already, but. Uh, I don't go back to to watch it again the whole lot. Uh, maybe I'll regain a little bit of uh, of credence here. The okay, um, I rewatched the Lego Movie. Oh my lord! And it's it's an honorable mention. Originally, it was not going to be there at all because I'm I'm a Lego Batman guy. I was like that one was so much better to me. Um, I still enjoy it better overall with the you know batman jokes and lore and everything but the lego movie I've, I've come around more to it i don't know why i didn't really like it a whole lot uh when i first saw it but i don't know i was i was laughing a lot more this time and really enjoyed it um mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so <laughs> there you go uh audible mentioned the imitation game i okay. i thought this well th- these like next three i thought would kind of make the list but then kind of you know, putting it out there, there was more than 10 than I thought. Uh, imitation game, <laughs> you may talk about it as well, maybe. It's not my time, um, time I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, another good uh, World War II movie that's not specifically about the war, but but breaking the code and everything. So that was uh, interesting getting it from that perspective. And of course, Benedict Cumberbatch and Keira Knightley, uh, among others, are, are very good. Uh, Fury as well. I I love this movie, but it missed the top ten too. Uh, all the reasons you said uh, as a hidden gem, and it, it definitely is a hidden gem. More people should should see it. Um, again, just that that ending is is the finale fight is was incredible. My jaw was on the floor first time I saw that. Mm-hmm. Uh, last honorable mention is Birdman, which I I do like a lot but kind of like what you were saying the the rewatchability i've seen it only a handful of times um i think it is fantastic the whole one shot conceit is great uh keaton is exceptional uh this was an early emma stone movie for me uh or you know one of them and she's fantastic as well there's some great conversations there uh michael keaton 
and the that that critic in in the bar or whatever going back and forth is is fantastic. The score is really good too, and the ending um, is is ambiguous, but I I like it a lot. Uh, makes you think, and then you know maybe look up what other people thought about it afterwards too. So anyway, Birdman and the true virtue of ignorance and losing the thing and and people I don't know whatever that long subtitle is. It's Birdman to me. All right, so then let's get into ten three six. So, <laughs> number 10 is where I have John Wick. And maybe there's a little recency bias of uh, of the, the fourth one coming out and being so great. But, Probably, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. If, if, for defining um, a defining movie of recent in, in the action genre and Keanu Reeves, I also uh, saw him in, in concert a few uh, months ago. So that was... Uh, Maybe recency buys there as well, but yeah, I don't know. It's just a great movie. Kind of came out of nowhere, um, and spawned the series. Kind of revitalized Keanu Reeves' career. I feel like so. John Wick is uh, a lot of fun. Very uh, rewatchable too. Uh, number nine, Edge of Tomorrow, which was a rewatch that I had recently, uh, and Rod has one of the characters' shirt on right now. Um. This one was great. This is another one. I feel like when I first saw it, I was a little harsh on. Uh, I s- did not see it in theaters. Saw it on on TV, streaming on Prime or something, I guess. And was like, yeah, that was fun. Um, and like I always say, I'm, I, I'm a huge, huge fan of Groundhog Day. I've seen that one a bunch. So whenever there's a time loop in a movie, I'm kind of <laughs> I kind of base it off of that. You know how how much do they use. Um, new stuff and then uh, invent new ways and stuff. And they they do a really good job here for, for a big bulk of the movie repeating and, you know, you get to know the beats, but they, they turn it into uh, some emotional beats and then some very funny beats too. Tom Cruise, when he's trying to time that scene, right where he's rolling under the truck and the first time it just goes, ah, and gets killed and run over with is, uh, is dark, but, but quite funny. Um, and uh, yeah, so of course him and Emily Blunt is fantastic uh, in the movie as well. And then it's always good to see uh, Bill Paxton showing up, uh, Brendan Gleeson too. So the the only thing is the, the no, the, I think you said number eight. Okay, um, go ahead. <laughs> Real quick, the final battle scene. It's it's cool, but then it also it's so dark. It just yeah, it's dark and it turns. I don't know. To me, it just turns into another big battle action movie when the uh, the first two thirds are so smart and inventive. Um, but it, well, I mean, it works for the story. That's what they're building towards, but I'm just kind of, eh. so anyway, uh, number eight, this one surprised me a little bit. X-Men days of future past. Well, uh, well. because I do like other X-Men movies better, but like we've been saying, rewatchability, um, and, I don't know the the going back to the sixties. Hugh Jackman is so good, um, and I just love <laughs> the X Men universe. We talked about is is very the timeline is all over the place, and, and they messed up several times, and it's just kind of ridiculous. But what they do at the end of this movie put such a big smile on my face <laughs> uh, with, with kind of retconning and, and getting back to the characters we love. <laughs> and I don't know. I just that that was that was always a really great. 
idea to me and, and only for them to die again and logan so sure yeah yeah <laughs> but at the time it was uh it was so cool so interesting and uh, of course quicksilver that is one of the best uh you know new character scenes to have in mean, rock boner yeah anyway number seven yeah, that's what i thought <laughs> seven is where i have whiplash um that's right that's the one um <laughs> which we've talked about several times recently i feel like uh but yeah miles teller excellent jk simmons excellent excellent that first time we meet him you know we don't expect a whole lot and everything and uh are not expecting what the wrath that's about to come and then he starts throwing symbols and calling people names and everything and it, it builds from there one of the best finales um I think that should be up there on the list with just so intense. And I remember being glued to the screen and, uh, and rooting for this guy, um, at that, at that final show. And number six is where I have Nightcrawler, Jakey G, Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, excellent, excellent film. This one blew me away. Uh, first time I saw it, which I think was, I know it wasn't in theaters. I guess it was just a blind buy. Uh, cause I like Gyllenhaal so much. And was like, oh, I've heard this one was was good. Um, yeah, this was a, a d- deep, deep character study uh, and of this guy. And it, uh, I like how it, it brings you into a world that you you don't really think about <laughs> often uh, or at all. That these you know ambulance chasers and and um, just crime scene people but so i mean someone's got to get it for the news someone's got to be there so it's it's interesting to think about uh you know real life implications of that but then also i hope what happens in this movie never happens because he goes very far (laughs) into uh into his uh his plans and stuff there so um another bill paxton movie actually didn't really think about that but he's yeah um, he is really good i like when he shows up so and we talked before about Jake Gyllenhaal being so good and everything, but here turned it into like a coyote almost was his uh, was his inspiration. And uh, him, he has so many memorable lines. Him going back and forth with Riz Ahmed, uh, it's great. So yeah, Nightcrawler at number six. Over to you, Rod, for your honorable mentions and ten through six. Oh yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So I have 34 honorable mentions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> give or take. Uh, yeah, give or take. I have... Uh, I've got a few. So I'll, I'll go quickly through some of these. Uh, the Theory of Everything. Uh, yeah. Great story about Stephen Hawking and... You know, love story. It's good. Decent love story here. Uh, I just... I'm just... You know, I, I, I can't believe that... Uh, or I can't believe, but I'm, I'm just always mesmerized by uh, Eddie Redmayne's performance as Stephen Hawking. It's it truly is a, a special performance. Big Hero Six, another honorable mention, one of Disney's most underrated or underappreciated animated films. Uh, has a lot of heart, lots some really fun action sequences, and a really great Stanley cameo if you stick around after the credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this film is so fucking beautiful. It is just a gorgeous, gorgeous-looking film. The way San Francisco looks, uh, it's it's really wonderful. Uh, this is where I leave you. Uh, one of Sean Levy's more underappreciated films with Jason Bateman, Tina Fey, Corey Stoll, Connie Britton, Adam Driver, amongst the many. 
in this ensemble, oh, the girls burn, uh, another kind of family drama type film with uh, some really good funny moments. But I just like the, the the chemistry and the heart between the entire cast. They really feel like a family. It's like this disjointed family. Uh, Whiplash, the, the film. I don't know if I spoke on Whiplash before. You know, it, for me, it's more performance than the actual movie itself. I think the movie's good, not great. But J.K. Simmons, 100% deserves as the best supporting actor. He was phenomenal. Uh, Nightcrawler. Sorry, Benjamin. This is where I have mm. Nightcrawler. This is the film that really hurt the most to leave. Yeah. Uh, this is no Gone Girl situation. Don't, don't, don't get your panties <laughs> in a bunch. Um, you know, over the years, man, I'm just like, it's it is still a, like a 10 out of 10 movie. For, it is fantastic, but I don't go back and rewatch as much as these other films do. I uh, other films that you'll hear on this list. Uh, American Sniper, Bradley Cooper. I thought it was going to be make my list too. Uh, really great war film. But one thing that has bothered me on rewatches over the years is it doesn't go as deep as it could have with his PTSD. That's kind mm-hmm. of what the film down a little bit for me. But Bradley Cooper, this is probably his second best performance of his career, in my opinion. A star is one of always been my favorite, but he is so fucking good here. It's just great to see him and kind of his transformation from that die from the hangover and wedding crashers. It's been like this really serious, dramatic actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, Wes Anderson film. Uh, what more can I say about what about it? It's 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 hilarious, it's quirky. I still think it's his best film, Ben. Either well, every time I say that, like my mind immediately switches to Moonrise Kingdom for some reason because I, yeah. I love that film too. But they're both really great. John Wick, another honorable mention. Uh, I just love three and four so much. It just kind of grounds one to this level of like it's one probably has the second best story of the franchise now. <laughs> I think four has the best, mm-hmm. but the trailer for this came out like two weeks before the movie came out, and I remember just going with some friends to go see it at the Cobb uh, when I was in school and just being blown away by this movie. And it's given us one of my favorite action franchises and an action franchise that a lot of people appreciate. X-Men Days of Future Past, Ben. Another honorable oh. mention. Yes, okay. yes. Uh, not that it's gone down on my list or anything like that, but like I said, there's just 10 other films on this list that I like just a little bit more. Um, it's that one film. It's like It, it kind of has Batman Begins Syndrome for me where I appreciate it, but then I go back and I'm like, yeah, it's really but the thing I love most about Days of Future Past, aside from its James McAvoy's Oscar-worthy performance, is the score here is phenomenal. I love mm-hmm. the score of this movie. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, um, 22 Jump Street. Uh, I This is one of my all-time favorite comedies. I love this movie so much. It it legit is the la- the exact same movie as 21 Jump Street, but they're in college. And I like how self-aware it is. Like, they keep poking fun at how it exactly... Nothing has changed between either of the films. It's just high school, college, and Ice Cube. I so good. He has an outburst in this movie that is so fucking funny. Um. So yeah, those are my twenty all the mentions. So thanks, guys, for sticking around. And listening. <laughs> okay, on to the list number ten. Of course, we have to start things out of the MCU with Guardians of the Galaxy. Um. James Gunn delivered one of. 
Iron Man was the start of the MCU. The Avengers was not the biggest risk, but the biggest. The, the Avengers was kind of the DNA or the formula for what Marvel is now. And Guardians, for better or worse, show how funny Marvel could be and how weird Marvel could be, for for better and worse. Because you know we've seen how weird Marvel can get and not been not it not working so well. Mm-hmm. Love and Thunder. Uh, sorry, did I say that out loud? Um, but this was Marvel's biggest risk, Ben, and it paid off. I mean, not only is it really funny, it's got really great heart. Uh, it made me fall in love with a talking tree and a talking raccoon. Uh, Zoe Zaldana's wonderful. Chris Pratt is fantastic. This started the Chris Pratt uh, franchise of him being the leading man in everything. Uh, Dave Bautista was a genuine surprise in this movie. Uh, every time words came out of his mouth, I was probably laughing my ass off. But he has a tragic backstory to his character. Even though you forget about it after the three, because it's never mentioned ever again. Um, no, I'm kidding. Maybe like once or twice. But uh, the soundtrack, too. It's a fantastic soundtrack. I'm sure you're probably going to mention the soundtrack if you talk about Guardians. Uh, but I like how self contained it is, too, to the MCU. Even though we do get the amazing, amazing appearance by my man Thanos, uh, Josh Brolin as Thanos. I love that scene with him. Um, I do like how self-contained it is and how it's not really concerned about the other stuff going on in the MCU, even though the Infinity Stones are kind of the MacGuffin, or one of the Infinity Stones is kind of the MacGuffin here in the film, Ben. But I, I just love this ensemble, Ben, and I think Guardians 3 made me appreciate this trilogy even more uh, and this group of heroes even more than I once did. And it gave us one of the best Disney Disney World rides of all time. Uh, Cosmic Rewrite is such a fucking treat. It is a joy. So, yeah, number 10 is Guardians. Sticking around to the MCU, sort of, but not really. Uh, going to a man who directed an MCU film, John Favreau, we're talking about Chef with number nine. Uh, Chef, to me, is was one of the biggest surprises of that year. Um, it is such a feel-good movie, Ben. And they just pop it on and just be ridiculously entertained. The one thing I do not like about this movie is what they do with Scarlett Johansson. She just disappears from this movie and like halfway through. Like yeah. They go to Miami and go on this road trip and she is never mentioned again. Not once. But that's okay because I just love this ride of Favreau kind of starting his food truck. The whole father-son dynamic was great. Uh, John Luke... Oh shit, hold on. I'm going to pronounce his name wrong until I get it right. John Luguziamo is mm-hmm. so freaking good in this movie, too. I haven't liked him this much in a while. I know he was in John Wick that same year, but <laughs> I, I liked him here more. Uh, Sofia Vergara was great. Dustin Hoffman was really good. Uh, make sure I got everybody. Robert Downey Jr. in the one scene was in. He's really good, too. <laughs> yeah. But this is, this, is, this is Favreau's role. He was fantastic. Him and the kid have such great chemistry. And... You can never, ever, and I mean ever, watch this movie on an empty stomach, or you are just doing yourself a disservice because the food they are making, like those Cuban sandwiches they are making, look so good. Um, so yeah, number nine is Chef, and not a lot of people have seen Chef. So if you still haven't seen it, I highly recommend you go out and watch it. It is, it's fantastic. Number eight, but this was the movie I was telling you about before we started recording. I was like. This is that movie that's in the 
you know that you know this is your other woman but the other woman they make your top 10 list this yeah. movie did um and i actually let you borrow this movie i gave you the blu-ray to this movie when you and anna came over <laughs> it is that awkward moment uh michael b jordan miles teller and zach efron uh look i can't explain it i don't know why i love this movie as much as i do is this awkward yes this is very awkward for me right now but one, I love the chemistry between all three of our leads. I think they all have such great chemistry. I think I do like a change of pace. Like, this is kind of a rom-com for dudes. And so I've actually recommended this movie over the years to some people. I, I still remember I recommended this movie to someone in my old small group I was a part of. And I gave it to him. And... uh <laughs> He texted me after they watched. It's like my girlfriend liked it more than I did. I was like, oh, okay, that, that makes sense. I think you said something similar. Like, yeah, yes. More than you did. So, yeah. Um, so I don't know. Right, maybe it's not a rom com for dudes. I don't know. But I just enjoy the three of them together. Uh, it is a very douchey movie, and <laughs> because they, they're all they're all pretty much douches, Ben. Uh, mm -hmm. If we're being honest here. Uh, but yeah, I just love the chemistry. I kind of love all the, the rom-com cliches and they go through them all in this movie. Um, yeah, it really, for me, really, it's just hanging out with these three guys and kind of the shenanigans they get themselves into and, you know, trying not to get in relationships, even though they're hanging out with girls they want to be in relationships with. It's, it's really mm -hmm. stupid. Um, like I said, I can't really explain why. It's just become like this comfort movie for me, Ben, that I can't like shake. I think eventually as I get older, I'll be like, why do I like this movie so much? Um, nah. But, you know, right now for me, it's one of my favorite rom-coms. I can't say yeah. it's like a top 10 rom-com, but it's it's up there for me in rough rom-coms because of just how comforting it is just to kind of hang out with this group of characters. So that's number eight. Number seven is the last comic book movie on my list, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Um, dropped a little bit from my list. I think it was like five originally, 2014. Dropped to seven. Um, I think for me, while this is, in my opinion, the weakest of the four Russo Brothers MCU films, it's like a 9.9 .9 for me. There's like one scene I do not like, and it's the Arnim Zola scene. I still can't get over that scene. Uh, not my cup of tea. But I actually did rewatch this Friday night. Um, and listen, you know, Scarlett Johansson is one of one of the world's greatest actresses, and I think, I think sooner or later she is going to get an Oscar. But she does still, I still think she does not get the credit she deserves uh, for how well she played, portrayed Black Widow in this movie. Mm -hmm. Because this is our first time really seeing Natasha being in a very vulnerable state and kind of tiptoeing that line of she wants, you know, to become, she wants to be an ally. She wants to be a friend of Steve, but she's also this agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. that she's been trained, you know, to do her role. She's been the spy and this agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, the not the manipulating, but like the, the, the lying and the kind of you know going behind people's back, doing you know doing things that Steve is against. But I like the two of them and the, the friendship that the tight friendship that they form throughout this movie. Anthony Mackie is so freaking good in this movie. I love how they start this movie with them two meeting and the whole on your left thing, which yep. of course gets called back in a later movie that I don't know if a few people have seen or not. Um, 
Well, I don't know, Ben. Have you seen it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh. A time or two. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So it's a small yeah. little indie flick. Oh, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, and Samuel L. Jackson as well. I mean, we've seen them in Iron Man 2 and uh, at the end of Iron Man and and uh, the end of <laughs> First Avenger. I was trying to think because he wasn't in Thor, but it's the first. No, wait. He is the, he is the Thor yeah. post credit scene, yeah. So actually, yeah, shit, he's in all but the Incredible Hulk. And of the phase one. Good film. move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck that shit. Um, <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson's fantastic this movie too. I love I love that scene between him and Steve in the elevator talking about his dad. Yeah. I, I love I love that scene. And I love how Fury too is starting to be like, huh. Maybe I've been you know, playing this wrong the entire time. I've been I I I trusted this one thing I've been working with it or this one this one entity I've been, you know, kind of reporting to working for this entire time. And the fact that I couldn't see how shady they were and I'm Nick Fury. What does that say about me? So I kinda like that and God, the highway scene, the car chase sequence mm-hmm. is so good. Uh, that's all I'll say because I'm sure someone else is going to mention it a little later. We'll see. It's Christensen, isn't it? Uh, and I, you know, I'll state my thoughts because I know you're, you're probably going to talk about it a little later. But um, one of the post-credit scenes I truly loved. It's the very, very last post-credit scene with Bucky kind of visiting the um, his memorial at the museum at the Smithsonian. By the way, that Smithsonian scene is fantastic when Steve goes to visit the Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. And then I love how he's like hiding. There's that captain. Do yeah. people know who the fuck you are? <laughs> we can see it. It's Captain America. Um, I will say right now, we are going to be doing a 10 year anniversary episode for where Captain America, the Winter Soldier, going very much in depth. And I'll probably have Ben just host that entire episode because he, he <laughs> okay. is a Winter Soldier fan. Uh, so, Ben, congratulations. Thank you. Got the gig. You got the gig. So that's all I'll say about Captain America the Winter Soldier. Fantastic, fantastic addition to the MCU. And number six for me, a film that I don't think people get given appreciation to. And that's The Judge. Uh, the Judge is this fantastic family drama slash courtroom drama. And Robert Duvall gives an unbelievable performance in this movie so much so that he got a nominate for best supporting actor now he was going up against jk simmons so there was no way in hell he was going to win but him and downey their back and forths is enough for me to put in the top 10 like their back and forths this movie are, are emotional they're intense there's this argument scene in the middle of a of a, of a, of a you know this massive storm and you just get whipped up in the emotions of it all and the courtroom drama is so intriguing, so fascinating. Uh, I recommend, I don't think it's on a streaming service, but if you haven't yet to see The Judge, just watch it for their two performances alone. And for Thomas Newman's score, which Thomas Newman's score here is really good too. Uh, but you know, you got Vincent D'Onofrio, Vera Famiga, Billy Bob Thornton, who's amazing. Uh, I get some of the complaints about some of the other supporting characters underdeveloped, I get it, but this is really about a father and a son kind of 
you know, coming, you know, reuniting, coming to terms with, you know, things and trying to make amends for certain things. And all in the midst, uh, Robert Duvall is going through trial because he is accused of murder. So, yeah, there's a lot going on, but it comes together real nicely and it comes to this really emotional conclusion. Uh, actually, a funny story about this movie that my family came to visit me for my freshman year. It was like parents weekend or something. So I stayed the weekend with them. And uh, we stayed downtown in Tampa. And it was like a Saturday. And my mom was like, let's go see a movie. And my mom was like, let's go see that. Steve Carell's like the good, the bad, the terrible, something like that. And I was like, no, let's go see the judge. And you had varying degrees of emotion between all four of us. My dad's asleep. My sister's only awake for the courtroom stuff. And my mom and I, by the end of it, we're both just like... Okay, all right. Yeah, that was uh that was emotional. Okay. So uh yeah, the judge to me is it's it's one of the more emotional films I have on this list here. Uh, not the most emotional, but one of the more emotional films on this list. So that's my six through ten. All right. Cool list. Very personal. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Not the norm, but that's not what we do here. Nope. all right we'll dive into mine um and i will reiterate too yeah five through two that uh anyway i have two space movies here back to back and and at number five is where i have interstellar uh which i think overall is a better movie and will stand the test of time more um than than number four but just uh i like watching four more so interstellar um we talked about it maybe once or twice on here as well uh, chris nolan his crazy adventure um this was looking back now like a big turnaround i think for matthew mcconaughey into um maybe not just serious but but more uh character study roles and and um i think he was already getting out of the rom-com stages and stuff but this was like he is he is a great actor um and with a huge blockbuster movie to boot uh, as well helped him so um plus the you know all the characters we get in there michael kane and then jessica chastain and everyone and hathaway uh surprise matt damon uh everyone does <laughs> does really well um the special effects of course are amazing and still hold up uh, the score. I just listened to a podcast the other day on uh, breaking down the score, and of course, I've always liked it. But it, the this podcast, like love for the score, really made me want to sit down and listen to it again. Um, all the stuff that Hans Zimmer does on this, you know, church organ <laughs> that he that he got, um, it's just crazy how his mind works and i i really do yeah he's he's one of the best and, and breaking down um scores it, it, he does random uh not the norm thing i guess uh space movie doing um an, an organ and uh and it didn't feel very spacey but with all the production and huge drums and epic sounds and everything behind it it does make it unique to this movie uh which is what he does every time um and then yeah I, i'll defend it every time that there was that meme of of mcconaughey 
you know, watching the video and crying. And sure, there's a couple of good memes that came out of that. But it, that is a, a riveting emotional scene in the movie um, that hopefully people online had taken away from from other people that hadn't seen it yet. So, um, yeah, overall, just the, the, the story is incredible. And uh, that one's due for a rewatch as well. And I don't think Anna has seen it. So that will be great to get her opinion <laughs> and uh and see if she was confused as i was that first time watching it um and then getting into the fifth dimension and everything uh number four this is where i have guardians of the galaxy which uh, uh yeah might upset i don't know some people for being ahead of interstellar but just rewatchability it, i i have so much fun with it um you had talked about it uh too so yeah all the characters and everything of course the music was a huge thing for me i i love it's not weekly but a lot of times i will look at the itunes um trending albums (laughs) for soundtracks and uh that soundtrack of the first movie has been in there like 99 percent of the time (laughs) that i've checked uh i just i love that it's 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 staying power um and how often it's on there so uh i i bought it and had several songs already but bought it and then have it on vinyl and stuff too so um yeah and the the camaraderie with all the characters and everything is great it it's still i think still my favorite guardians movie um and maybe some of it was you know the risk they took with it seen it in theaters was awesome uh you know, learning about all these characters, how much of a surprise it was. But I feel like it is kind of a a, a, a semi-James Gunn. I feel like the more we've gotten of James Gunn, the more looser reins that uh, studios have had, and, and he gets to do more. And I'm not sure how much I like all the zaniness that he puts in um, to some of his more recent ones of course guardians 3 was very dark <laughs> so that one's less rewatchable for other reasons too but anyway i just that that first one's always been funny to me um and even throwing a that dirty jackson pollock joke in there that makes me laugh every time at <laughs> this you know comic book franchise that was kind of leaning uh seemed like a lot of teenagers you know people at our age were liking them and then stuff like that it's like <laughs> Uh, so anyway, Beef's butthead laugh. Uh, number three, this is probably the biggest surprise here for this list, unless you uh, know me and have listened to this before. But Love and Mercy. I love this movie. Uh, about the, the Beach Boys as a whole, but really specifically about Brian Wilson. Um, I've talked about it several times and will recommend it to everyone, even if you're not a, a Beach Boys fan. Um, but... I feel like the the ingenuity of it as well, where it's set in the 60s and the 80s and follows Brian's life between those two periods. It cuts back and forth, which is a really cool way to do a a biopic. I think it's two important um, eras in his life. The the first making Pet Sounds, which is probably my favorite album of all time. Um, And all the stuff going on, the the intensity with his... uh, recording life and and um mental breakdown episodes that he was having and then again in the 80s when he's getting help from his uh therapist who isn't the best dude in the world which is another uh great paul giamatti role 
Um, and yeah, just this going back and forth uh, is excellent. Of course, the music from the Beach Boys is awesome, but the score from uh, Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor is fantastic as well. Uh, getting getting into the psyche and there's of of Brian and there's snippets of Beach Boys songs like woven in there and everything. It's a it's a great soundscape. Um, and Elizabeth Banks as well. I believe it introduced me to her. Maybe I'd seen her before and something else. But she, I think she's fantastic in this movie. Um, I would like to see her in more uh, drama roles. Um, I haven't. There's still a few more I need to seek out, but I, I think she's in like a lot of comedies, and of course now she's directing uh, several comedies. Um, but I'll, I'll always support her. And uh, yeah, just she's she blew me away in this one. Uh, so yeah, Love and Mercy. Go go check it out. Uh, number two is where I have Captain America: The Winter Soldier, which we've talked about several times before, and of course, uh, as you heard, we'll talk about soon again on this podcast. But yeah, all the reasons Raji just said, um, and the that that theater experience is one of the best. I'll never forget. Saw so with my buddy Troy, and just jaws dropped to the floor several times with uh with all the revelations we get i like that arnim zola scene um it was i guess it was kind of you know a little unrealistic with how uh, much else the the movie was kind of grounded in political thriller and what you have you but i don't know it was it was a cool little uh comic book tie-in and stuff and the yeah like i said everything about hydra coming out um being part of shield all this time and and everything was just fantastic. The score, Henry Jackman, um, is is good too. Mostly the the themes of Captain America and Winter Soldier, which is one of the best themes, and also one of the most recurring character themes. Because even between solo movies, they drop, <laughs> um, you know, musical themes for for characters sometimes. But his is held on the entire time because it is so good, and it's. Uh, it's all these mechanical whales and then epicness. Um, and of course, I agree with everything you said about Scarlett Johansson. Any more praise uh, all around, but especially this movie and her role uh, is so good. Her um, camaraderie and everything with, uh, with, with Steve. And I guess, I mean, that was kind of unexpected too, before we kind of heard she was going to be in the movie. It's like, Oh, okay, cool. But they, they have a really, really great friendship. Um, and of course, throwing Sam Wilson in the mix was was awesome as well. So, yeah, love love that movie uh, still and forever. I think always in my um, top MCU films overall, along with Guardians. But yeah, so that was my five through two. All right, all right. Well, uh, let me talk about number five which is a movie in which I had absolutely no faith in. I said, they are doing a movie on this. This is just stupid. This is absolutely stupid. Uh, this makes no sense. This is just a, a, a simple, ridiculous Hollywood cash grab. Yawn. I'm, I can't wait to trash it all over this. I, I can't wait. And just like the song would suggest, everything was awesome about the Lego movie. I cannot get enough of this movie. Uh, it is one of my, if you listen to our my top, our, our top uh, 10 animated films episode, you will know that this is one of my 
absolute favorite animated films of all time. I enjoy this movie more and more on each rewatch. I love the frantic pacing. I love just even when I go back and watch now, I feel like I still miss stuff from before because there's so much going on in terms of all the Legos and all the building and all the jokes because the jokes are just coming so fast and the voice work is amazing. Uh, especially Will Arnett as Batman, who was probably the, the scene stealer, him and Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, the Morgan Freeman's the GOAT, but he he just had some lines here that just really, really just made me almost fall out of my seat laughing. Um, yeah, the Lego movie for me is a, a lot more deeper than I thought a Lego movie would be. It's... It, especially when it transitions into the real world and you get the father-son dynamic of it all um the biggest that was probably the biggest surprise for me of the lego movie was the fact that it transitioned to the real world and you get this really interesting father-son dynamic and kind of how the father won't let his son play with his legos and the kind of the message behind that and also the kind of the importance of you know everyone is special right everyone everyone is uh yeah everyone's special but uh, other than that yeah the the frantic pacing the 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 sheer amount of heart this movie has uh chris pratt voicing emmett was again a fantastic choice elizabeth banks is great uh charlie day as as a spaceman was hilarious all i wanted to do was build that goddamn spaceship um and i too want a uh was it the triple decker couch I, I i want that too emmett i want that too um, and like I said, like the last 25 minutes of this movie really got me in the feels. Um, so yeah, Lego movie is, is number five for me and we will go much more in depth on it next week because we are doing Lego movie versus Lego movie two next week. So more on that, uh, to come in the, in, in the coming days at my number four. I may be the biggest surprise on this list, but if you know me, you know I love these kind of movies. Um, now, a movie came out last year that kind of ruined this whole franchise for me, but that does not take away from how much I love Gareth Edwards' Godzilla movie. Um, Godzilla 2014, to me, while everyone else thought it was the biggest tease of 2014, I, for one, loved every single minute of it. And I think it's because I love Cloverfield so much, and I feel like those two films are kind of similar in terms of teasing the monster, kind of focusing on the human characters, but then when the monster action goes down, it is fucking glorious. Um, I still remember, this was my graduation movie. From, this was, I graduated high school. Um, this the year this movie came out, so... I remember that Saturday after graduation with the P.F. Changs and my family. And then we went to go watch Godzilla in a very packed theater. And uh, my mom and I were sitting next to each other because we were both excited. My sister was like, hey, you know, and my dad, of course, when I knew he was going to fall asleep about 25 minutes. And uh, yeah, I, I love everything about, about this movie. Uh, yeah. The human characters, I get it. it's, but it, it, you know, aside from Brian Cranston, who's phenomenal, and I still don't know why they took him out that early. Uh, there's, there's not left to be much to be desired, but I do love kind of the the timing of this was weird with Elizabeth Olsen and Aaron Taylor Johnson because, of course, they play brother and sister on the MCU. But the timing of it was just weird. 
but I did kind of like the whole, you know, getting back to his family sort of thing and that journey. I think Aaron Taylor Johnson is kind of the weak link of this movie, Ben. If there is a weak human character link, he's just kind of there, right? He's just kind of like, yeah, you know, my dad died and now I just got to get back home to my family. I'm a soldier. I'm a bomb expert. Oh my God, guys. Uh, uh, let me tell you something, Ben. Nothing in 2014 had me at well. I take that back. One of the most shocking elements, uh, shocking scenes, or just goosebump. Yeah, there we go. That's a better word. Goosebump inducing chilling scenes was the first full look at Godzilla because they had, they had teased that motherfucker for about 45, 50 minutes. And when he finally shows up and he does that war for the first time, Ben, my mom and I literally high five each other like, holy fucking shit, yes. Uh, worth the wait for me and then of course the author act then was awesome and i this universe now has gotten so fantastical that we now have godzilla running like usain bolt next to kong and it just looks really weird i really much appreciate kind of the slow moving godzilla in this movie and how terrifying he is like the whole scene the golden gate bridge when you know he's being attacked by the you know US military and at the same time you have this you know these this bridge full of you know children and everything and them seeing Godzilla for the first time being terrified. I just love stuff like that kind of like the up the up close look because like that's how we would react. We wouldn't be like oh man look a monster no I'd be fucking screaming like a bitch I'd be running I'd be yeah I'd probably be pissing my pants I'd be like Oh, I shouldn't have had that big gulp. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I I love this movie so much. Uh, you know, was the sequel great? No. Was the sequel after that great? I was calling. I, I was calling. Calling. That was fun. Was the sequel after that great? Fuck yes, it was. Is the sequel after that going to be great? I I don't think so. But it did give us Gods of the Minus One. Oh wait, no, it didn't. That was from a totally different studio, and that movie kind of ruined God, this Gods of a, a, a little bit, a little bit for me. But I just kind of like the grounded nature that Gareth chose to for this movie, and kind of the slow burn approach to the unveiling of the monsters, because it just made the action scenes all that much more satisfying when it actually came down to the monsters throwing down, even if you had to wait almost ninety minutes for it to get there. So that's number four is Godzilla. Oh man, what a, that was a fun theater experience. Man. That might have been my favorite theater experience of twenty one. No, no, take that back. Uh, number three. Now, those of you who don't know me, if you're listening to this for the first time, you guys how much you guys know how much I love Dakota Johnson. I love her very much. She is my favorite actress of all time. For those of you who don't know me, know my my second favorite actress of all time is Emily Blunt. And one of the reasons why I love her so much is because of 2014's Edge of Tomorrow. This is where I fell in love with Emily Blunt. This was where I was like, oh yeah, this woman's a badass. Uh, I loved her. I mean, I've worn her, as Ben alluded to, I'm wearing her shirt, Rita Fertowski. I, ben, I think there's only one or maybe two action heroines I love more than her. That's Furiosa, Charlie Theron, Furiosa, and... Probably Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow. Other than that, yeah, I 
Rita's up there. But Edge of Tomorrow was basically supposed to be Oblivion too, right? It was supposed to be, oh, here we go again, another Oblivion. Uh, make a couple a couple bucks, you know. All right, Tom. Get to see you run some more. Okay. Yay. Woo. Uh, my buddy and I, Trent, when we saw this that summer, was just so pleasantly surprised by how much fun we had with this movie because this movie's hilarious. The action is... It just felt fresh and original. And the design of the aliens is terrifying. Like, they are... These are some terrifying aliens. Uh, and there's some even some jump scares with the aliens too that are just like, oh shit, that caught me off guard. But I like seeing Tom Cruise being the weak little weaselly asshole that he is in the first like two thirds of this movie, and then just seeing him transform into the badass that we all know Tom Cruise to be. And him and Emily Blunt have this great rapport. They they're back and forth. Like you said, it's great seeing uh, Paxton in here. He's fantastic. Um, I love I love the uh, J Squad in this movie. The kind of band of they're, they're kind of the outcasts of the mili of this military group here. Uh, and I get what's mean by the final act because the final act, yes, it's kind of like your typical standard final fight sequence. Uh, but for me, it's all about the journey and getting to that final battle. That's worth that's worth it for me. And there's a scene in this movie that gets overlooked. Uh, it's when well, we don't really know how many times Tom Cruise has reset the day at this point. But, you know, they're kind of just like chilling in this little house. They're having coffee and everything. And then when she realizes that he remembers certain things about her, and she starts asking him questions about like, hey, how many times have we been here? And there's this line she says of like, why does it matter? Why, do, why does it matter what happens to me? And then he goes, I wish I didn't know you, but I do. And I was like, Fuck that broke me. It's like little things like that. It's like Tom. That's why Tom Cruise is is you know such more much more than just this great action star. Like he is an Academy Award nominated actor for a reason. It's like it's just like that tiny moment then, and it's like the way he delivered because it's like a, it's a very cheesy line, but it's the way in which it's delivered. Because he's like, I really don't want to watch you die again. Because at this point, I think he's kind of tired of one being killed multiple times and to seeing her die multiple times probably too and so yeah that that scene that will every time i go back to rewatch this and i rewatch this film at least once a year um will always just always break me uh but yeah i i it, like for those of you who know me y'all know edge of tomorrow's on my all-time favorite action movies and uh, Cruz and blunt are one of the main reasons why this movie is just, it's a very special action film to me. Um, so that is number three. Number two, I am not going to bury, I'm not going to, you know, tease y'all on what this film is. I'm just going to flat out say it because Ben and I talked about it. It is Interstellar. Uh, Christopher Nolan's Interstellar. This is, like, again, one of my all-time favorite movies, and it is my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. Um, I didn't expect it to be. I always thought The Dark Knight was going to be. Uh, how wrong I was. And I think the reason why is because of who I am and how personal this film is because no one got deep and he got emotional and that was very surprising. And also how he treated Timothy Chalamet, which I thought was hilarious because Timothy Chalamet kind of just gets forgotten about and it was fucking hilarious. Like Matthew McConaughey basically forgot he had a son, just cared about Murph. I mean, you know, Murph's a boss. 
Timmy Chalamet as a farmer. So, you know, it's not only apples and oranges. It's more, um, I'm going to hang out. I'm, I'm, I'm working for my Murph than my, my Willy Wonka over here. So, yeah, for me, Interstellar, it's all about, it gets very, con I don't say complicated, but it gets a little messy with its whole three, four, five dimensional beings and stuff like that. I don't think the one did a great job of kind of making that more accessible or clear to the um, audience, but Nolan crafted such an emotional ride for nearly three hours that I can forgive some of the other uh, Bill the Nice Science Guy stuff that's going on in this movie. Um, <laughs> it was so funny when Matt Damon showed up. I was like, God damn it, Matt. Again, shit. And then not, and then literally a year later, we have to go save Matt fucking Damon again uh, in The Martian. It's like, you have a fucking trilogy of let's go rescue Matt Damon films. And look, I know he won the Oscar for um, Dallas Buyers Club. This to me is my favorite Matthew McConaughey performance. Uh, it is, it's just this very grounded, emotional, powerful performance about a father just trying to get back home to his kids. You know, he accepts his mission, but he, you realize very, very, very soon he's already regretting that choice as soon as that rocket takes off. And even before that, as he's driving away, he's already starting to regret it. But when you commit to NASA, you kind of can't turn your back on NASA once you accept the mission. But it's not like, to, you know, turning your back on our podcast. We'll forgive you eventually. <laughs> NASA's like, oh, yeah, we'll probably just come and kill you and burn your farm down to the ground. So, Sure. Yeah. A little more stakes there. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm surprised they mentioned them, but some of the best comic relief in this movie is from Tars and Case. I fucking love those robots. They are so fucking funny in this movie. Uh, and Hathaway, too. My goodness. Love her performance in this movie. And I love the kind of... No, it's basically it's really implied that they start falling in love with each other as the film goes along. But I like how no one didn't like force that on us, right? It wasn't the point of the movie. The score here, I, I don't know where this ranks in terms of Hans Zimmer scores, man, but it's up there, man. It really is. I mean, where we're going is one of the most popular ones, right? Uh, that whole seven minute track. Um, yeah, yeah. There's this is another one that we're definitely doing a top or top ten, a ten year anniversary uh, episode for. It might be cool to have Anna on since she had not. This will be her first time watching it, so that's way down. Let's back. That's down in November, so we have a lot of time before we get to that. But I think it'd be cool to have Anna on for that one to kind of you know get a fresh perspective from someone watching it for the first time versus someone who's people who have seen it multiple times. Um, Michael Caine's great, and Michael Caine did something very Michael Caine, not Michael Caine-ish, and oh, told this big, giant lie in a movie. I was like, holy shit. You, man. Pretty, I mean, this is like Nightcrawler-ish level of evil that he he pulled in this movie, Ben. Um, I understand why he did it, but he shouldn't have done it. And there's someone else, Ben, who really impressed. Jessica Chastain was fantastic. Well, I got to tell you, Ben, the last five minutes of this movie, very emotional from seeing his daughter now in old age and, you know, going off the scene, you know, to go find Brand, which I hope he did. I'm, I'm, I think it's kind of implied that he probably went to go find that, he, you know, they, they got reunited. So, and I think, like you said, too, the whole 
Oh, great. Uh, the whole... Uh, what moment? I got the sidetrack by email. The this, the watching the 23 years worth of messages. Uh, I don't know what was more emotional. The messages themselves or McConaughey's acting as he's reacting to the messages. I don't know what was more emotionally heartbreaking for me, Ben. I could talk about this movie for hours. I I, I fucking love Interstellar. Like I said, it's one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, I was actually... I, just rewatched this last night at like 11 o'clock at night, so I didn't go to bed till eh, we're close to around three. Can I pause it twice? Uh, I just need to stretch, but it is it's an emotional roller coaster, bed. It's an emotional roller coaster for sure. So that's my five through two. All right, excellent picks. So, number one, it is time to unveil number ones. So we'll just we'll, we'll we'll just reveal ours and then we'll talk about them, uh, okay, in unison at the same time. <laughs> that always so, goes well. Yep. Uh, so my number one is Gone Girl. Nice, nice. Mine is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yes, two very very different movies. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Dawn for me, I've talked about it several times, but I I love this whole trilogy as a whole. Um, Dawn is my favorite. The, um, the the step up in the CGI, um, Rise looks pretty good for the time, but I, I feel like they they kind of mastered it with with Dawn and, and War with Planet of the Apes. Um, but yeah, CGI is fan fantastic. We got a lot more apes too, of course, um, and out in the jungles and everything. Um, and. Excuse me, Andy Circus again is incredible. We we start and end the movie on his eyes, and his eyes alone are doing some amazing work uh, for this character. But I mean, him, of course, speaking and moving around and everything. Uh, it, it was all just done so so well. I love the the serious tone um, of this one. And I guess the the movies have always been, you know, serious, but. I don't know, with it feeling so real um, and and you see Caesar struggling with his emotions and, and going between, you know, his actual kin, his actually, you know, monkeys as he is, or, or these humans that he grew up with that some took care of him and he, he can care for it and some uh, not so much. But uh, yeah, it's just that that duality is, is presented very well. Um, his polar opposite, Koba, is such a great villain. Uh, Toby Kebbell, I think, was. Um, he has some some great um, lines as well. Uh, his human work, I quote uh, a lot for some reason, just when work comes up. But um, you know him him pointing out all the scars and stuff on him, and you you can understand where he's coming from. Uh, that scene with going to the um, that armory and he's it looks like he's joking around with the humans and everything and then picks up that gun and just and, and, and mows him down and steals all the weapons and stuff is is chilling uh every time i watch it um and then the 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 score is really good too uh Giacchino, and he always has some funny puns with his track titles uh that are that are fun to pick up on but yeah the score is really good too um the 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 humans i like the humans the they're they're one of the weakest links i think but they're 
I feel like they need to be there for this story. Um, like I was saying with the juxtaposition of, of monkeys or uh, humans that is Caesar, who's he's going to side with. And uh, I, I like the ones they choose. Uh, we got Jason Clark um, and Carrie Russell as two kind of the main ones. They do great. And then of course, Gary Oldman uh, in there and he gets kind of, you know, yelly at the end screaming his, his lines about blowing up uh, the buildings and stuff. But, I don't know. It, it leads to this awesome, awesome final battle, um, mm-hmm. which you know is really cool on its own. But they they uh, add on some more. Matt Reeves does with the camera work, and there, there are shots that have stayed in my mind so long of um, monkey on a horse jumping through fire with machine guns. It's just mm-hmm. all out insane, but it's uh, it's it stays with you. <laughs> it's a really cool shot. And then the other one, the the tank shot that follows the tank in a three sixty turn, um, that that's going through uh, this big battle, going down a street and everything. So, yeah, there's there's so much to love from it. Um, and with with every we rewatch, I I seem to like it even even more and more. And uh, yeah, the Kingdom of the Planet Apes coming out soon. Uh, you know. We talked about kind of on the fence. I'm interested. Hope it's hope it's good. I think the CGI is is there from what we've seen from the trailers, um, but and I'm glad it's set far in the future too, um, because I feel like this really is a an amazing trilogy following Caesar um, throughout these movies. And and Dawn is is definitely my favorite. So I, I come back to it the most. So yeah, that's my number one of 2014. Okay, and uh, like I said earlier, my number one of 2014 is Gone Girl. Uh, one of, if not, it is my favorite. It, it is the, it's like right outside my top 10. It's like number 11 on my top, my favorite films of all time. It is, and I didn't read the book, so I guess, you know, all the twists and turns of everything going on, before, you know, during the movie really got to me, but, you know, while everyone was raving J.K. Simmons and Michael Keaton for their no doubt Oscar worthy, Oscar winning performances. My favorite performance easily of 2014 by Rosen Pike. I mean, holy fucking shit. What a evil bitch of a term. I mean, she is just despicable. She is scary. And I just think about that scene, Ben. Every time Neil Patrick Harris shows up, I'm like, dude, run. Just run. Because he gets he gets the worst of all. Like Ben Affleck, you think you had it rough. I look at Neil Patrick Harris. Uh he he got it pretty bad. Now, you know, it at two and a half hours, Ben, I was scared. I was nervous. I was like, you know, Fincher, come on, man. Two and a half hours, like I gotta get back to class. I don't, you know, I got homework to do. I don't. Come on, man. Like, uh, Ben, I could have stayed for like another couple hours. Like, I, I really just love being in this fucked up world that Fincher uh, created. We're well, not really created, but Jillian Flynn created. Let me take that back. Um, there is not a single good person in this movie, Ben. Everyone has a serious flaw. Even, even Tyler Perry as the lawyer, who's probably the best of them all. Uh, everyone's got something to them. Uh, but, you know, Affleck, I think, was the perfect choice to play this role of kind of how he handled, you know, someone who can't really, who clearly can't handle media 
and all the attention he's been getting because he handles a lot because he like he does things in this movie Ben that makes you think he did kill his wife it's like dude really uh, and then there's other things where it's like oh, this little this little shrimp, this little punk can't couldn't have killed his wife really okay like the whole like I still love when he's going at the search party for his wife <laughs> it's like Oh, here you go. He wants some help with that. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> oh, 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 you need some help? Uh, thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Or when he smiles next to his wife's, uh, you know, uh, missing uh, that, that, that billboard of his missing uh, wife. Just so weird, Ben. It's like he does these things where it's like, can I trust? Did we trust him? Did we not? Did we believe him? Did we not? And then, Ben, the twist. One of my all-time favorite movie twists, Ben. I love that. I mean, when I watched that theater, I was like, huh. And I'm like, I get it. But the main, the moral of the story here, ladies and gentlemen, is don't cheat on your partner. Because you don't know what kind of fucked up shit she's going to do when she finds out. And I get it. He cheated. Very, very wrong. But the lengths in which she goes to for revenge, Ben, it's just so fucking nuts. And uh, it leaves you with an ending, Ben, that's haunting, to say the least. Because, in a way, she she kind of won. She, she kind of won, Ben. Um, she, she, she got her revenge, and Affleck doesn't really have a have a say in that. And this is actually my introduction to Carrie Coon also. And I thought Carrie Coon was amazing as the sister here. She was awesome. Tyler Perry, my apologies. But I Medea, guilty pleasure film, no <laughs> doubt. My man. You rock this movie. Absolutely fucking rock this movie. So thank you, Tyler Perry, for 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 that. And uh yeah, this the entire ensemble then of Gone Girls is fantastic, but just the way in the approach Fincher did with this, uh, it's not a slow burn, Ben, but it's just like you're discovering more things. Mm -hmm. Not like in a very slow way, but it, it is a slow moving, not slow moving, but you discover things kind of in a what's the right word for it, Ben? Because it's not like it's not a slow paced movie, it keeps you entertained, it's very right. engaging. But you're uncovering things at a slow rate, I guess you could say. Um, but every time something new comes out, it's very rewarding because of, you know, the, the character reactions and stuff like that. But yeah, Gone Girl, to me, Ben, is easily the best film of 2014 for me. Uh, once I saw that, I was like, no other film of 2014 is going to top this. <laughs> Not because, you know, at the time of 2014, it was like Edge of Tomorrow and Winter Soldier for me. I was like, I was... I was good. 2014, I was, I was done. Mm -hmm. I'm good. You know, Lego movie, great. Got the look great. Edge of Tomorrow, Mario Soldier, great year. Then November came out. I think it was November. Or October came around and Gone Girl came out. And I was like, well, hot damn. <laughs> Thank you, Fincher. So, yeah, that is my number one is Gone Girl. Can't wait for Gone Girl, too. That was good. <laughs> Oh yeah, Ben, would you like to send your list one more time for the good folk? I gladly will. Uh, number 10, John Wick. Number 9, Edge of Tomorrow. 
lived I repeat. Whatever it's called. Number eight, X-Men Days of Future Past. Number seven, Whiplash. Number six, Nightcrawler. Number five, Interstellar. Number four, Guardians of the Galaxy. Three, Love and Mercy. Two, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And one, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. For me, number 10, Guardians of the Galaxy. Number nine, Chef. Number eight, That Awkward Moment. Number seven, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Number six, The Judge. Number five, The Lego Movie. Number four, Horjilla, let them fight. Number three, Live the Repeat, Edit Tomorrow, All You Need Is Kill, whatever you want to call this movie. Um, number two, Interstellar. And number one, the masterpiece that is Gone Girl. I'm still going back and forth with you with 10-year anniversary for Gone Girl or not. I'm not sure. <laughs> but I can tell you of the films we have talked about, we're going to do one for... We're going to do a franchise retrospective for John Wick on my 10-year mm-hmm. anniversary. And the same for Guardians. Um, we will do a Monsterverse rankings of, of sorts for the 10-year anniversary of Godzilla. Uh, probably, maybe not of the Monsterverse, but like a top five monster movies, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be fun. Mm-hmm. And as of tomorrow, I'm going back and forth on it right now. Because I'm not sure how long a spoiler discussion could be. It, 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 could, be, it could be long, or it could be like, 20 minutes. Yes. Yeah. While it's a fun movie, but there's not a lot to kind of dive into with that movie. Right. Um, it's pretty, it's like a straight, it's a very straightforward movie. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, definitely Interstellar, Ben. The Interstellar, mm-hmm. I think, is definitely going to be a 10 year anniversary. Um, X-Men, I don't think so, because we already did a whole yeah, yeah. Hour thing on that. Whiplash, probably not. Because um, we just had a Chazelle episode. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think Winter Soldier... Of course, we got the Lego thing coming out next week. Yeah, and Actually, that awkward moment, Ben, uh, two days from now is actually the 10th anniversary because it came out on the 31st of January. Oh. Yep. Cool. Yeah, I remember I, I remember. I still remember seeing it because it was a. Uh, it was a. It was a. It was a date night movie for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, I won't even consider that a date, but <laughs> I saw it with the girl I really liked, so I can I counted it as a date. <laughs> Did she know it was a date? The world may never know, <laughs> but um, that was one of those things, Ben. Where I, I enjoyed it more than the girl did. So you know. Oh yeah, rom coms, but uh, I don't. Any t- other twenty fourteen films been that maybe more worthy of a of a ten year anniversary look? Hmm, I don't know. This it's might like be we... the year we do Wes Anderson. Oh okay. Like the retrospective, I'm thinking maybe. Yeah, could do that. Let's just you know, I gotta go back and watch certain films I don't want to, mm. or just not do that. <laughs> I think I have two, two to watch for the first time. Nightcrawler, is... we might do one for Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. I just because we just did that Jake Gyllenhaal episode, I'm not really, yeah, entirely sure. We'll go back yeah. and do it. Yeah. Um, I can tell you for films that turn 20 years old, um, I will say that we're going to do one for. The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, actually, that'll be Incredibles versus Incredibles 2. 
I've okay. kind of feeling better about that one. Yeah. <laughs> Same. We will do one for Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2. Ooh. It's a good I, flick. I, yeah, I, yeah, I know. It's, uh, <laughs> someone someone absolutely loves that movie. Mm-hmm. That's not that damn Christensen girl. <laughs> um Cat Woman, Ben. Thinking about Cat. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I thought about we might do one for National Treasure, Ben. We might. Ooh, I've been wanting to rewatch both of those. Yeah, not too much for National Treasure versus National Treasure Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, was also the year Ben. It, this might be the year we do the Harry Potter one. Uh, oh, because Prisoner of Azkaban came out this year. Okay. Wow, so, that'd be a big one. Yeah, I think we'd do that. And then I'm also thinking for the films that turn thirty, we're definitely doing one for Shawshank. That that's definitely happening, Ben. We are definitely mm-hmm. doing the Shawshank. We have talked about Forrest Gump a lot. So yeah. I don't know if we're going to do one for Forrest Gump. Um, but we are definitely doing one for Lion King. That is, that is, that's happening. Lion King. Yes, we have talked about it a bunch. But I do yeah. this shit. <laughs> Lion King, I will talk. We can talk about all day, every day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what I'm thinking, Ben. I don't know if there's any others that's like really worth... Uh, I think we kind of covered a lot there. Yeah, oh, we did. Man on fire, Ben. <laughs> Denzel's man on fire. Mm-hmm. Hey, maybe this might be the year we do the Denzel episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Be another I great... tell you what... Oh, okay, Ben. <laughs> I forgot about this one. Hmm. What do we do about Shrek 2? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do we do right? We might just do a whole Shrek episode, including okay. the two Puss and Boots, Puss, Puss and Boots, Puss and Boots, Puss and Boots. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, that whole franchise will be fun to do. Because I thought, like, maybe just do Shrek versus Shrek Two, because those are the, probably the two most beloved of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll do a whole franchise retrospective. It'd be kind of cool to watch all of those films in order. Yeah. Um, so I guess I can watch Puss in Boots before Shrek 2. Was it before Puss in Boots? Uh, well, I don't, know. Right? I don't know when it's that. Yeah, I guess it's early. Yeah. I think so. I yeah. don't know. That would feel weird, though. I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> okay. No, that just feels like a departure. Like, you just you start with Shrek, and then you go from Shrek to Puss in Boots, and then Shrek to, I don't know, it just feels weird. Continue momentum. Just keep just keep hanging out that ugly green ogre. <laughs> but yeah, that'll do it, guys. As you listen to our strategy session, um, <laughs> hope you guys enjoy that. Our two hundredth episode spectacular. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of February will include appearances by Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, that's right. We have a Haley Steinfeld episode coming in a couple weeks. Uh, we have a debate episode which. I am very excited for it because this one's going to be fun, Ben. It is going to be centered around who is the best comic book director. So Ooh. I'm looking forward to that discussion. So we're all going to have to choose a comic book director and, and defend it. So uh, you guys already know who I chose. But uh, yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious uh, how the debate's going to go. And then, of course, next week we have our. Lego vs. Lego Movie 2. And I will mm-hmm. also say our next director 
uh, retrospective that will be happening in March, Mr. Judd Apatow. So get ready for all three hours, uh, three hours of <laughs> yeah, four-year-old version, three hours of Trainwreck. Actually, I, have to, I haven't watched Trainwreck in a minute, Ben, so that should be fun. But some stuff to look forward to. And Ben, I'm actually reconsidering the Martin Scorsese episode right now. Okay. The summer of Scorsese. One, because you're getting married in June. And yep. uh, so you might not have time for that. Um, so we only have to save that for 2020. Never. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll save it for the next decade. I don't know. But we'll probably do just not the summer of Scorsese, but, you know. Just regular episodes in June, probably. Okay. That'll be fun. Yeah. Um, whatever those may be. I don't know. I can't put that far ahead. But Ben, where can the good people find us online? You can find us on Instagram at the Infinity Film Podcast, and you can email us with your thoughts on our lists, what movies we missed that are your favorites of of twenty fourteen. And uh what other um episodes you'd like to hear from us. Uh reach out. Let us know. Email it. <laughs> no. no, that's the one we want to. Uh, rb.theinfinityfilmpodcast at gmail.com. That's rb like rodbin.theinfinityfilmpodcast at gmail.com. Did you mention to say rb at the infinity film? Uh, you know what? I can't even speak anymore. So I'm <laughs> done. I'm, I'm done talking. Um, guys, thank you so much again for, for listening to us for 200 episodes. It means mm-hmm. a lot to us. Yeah. Whether you've stuck around you come every now and then you know thanks for you know that kind of sounded weird but you know um jesus now i can get that out of my head thanks we appreciate your support yeah it's just getting late i've been talking we've been talking for two and a half hours i'm just tired um your support means a lot to us and we hope you guys listen to us for 200 more episodes if we make it that far i don't know ben and i might get sick of each other by episode 205 so we'll have to no. Two ten at least. Uh, two ten. Yeah. Uh, that'll be April, I think. Yeah, that'll be lovely yeah. for late March, early April. So mm-hmm. that sounds about right. <laughs> nah. So yeah, next week we're continuing the our first. Is it our first versus episode of twenty twenty four? I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Must be a fun one. Mm-hmm. And if the two guests I plan to have on are able to make it. Should be should be even more fun. So we'll see you guys next week. And until next time, do not go gentle into that good night. <laughs>